The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us today is Kia Brown. She is the author of Sam's Super Seats, a new children's picture book, and also the creator of the hashtag Disabled and Cute. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to talk about this book. I'm so excited to talk about the book. Thank you so much for having me. So this is super cool. And if this was a book when I was a kid, I would want it um, immediately. This is like right up my alley. My mom would have got probably purchased it for me immediately, like the day it um, came out um, because she just loves loves this kind of content. And what I mean by that is, you know, stories where even if it's not your own personal experience, you can read something and see yourself in that experience. Can you talk a bit about your own childhood um, and your experience growing up and how how this book came about? Because I think it's so needed um, in, in sort of the, the universe of children's books. It's so important. I think, yeah, I think so too. I think for me growing up, for me growing up, I was a very um, outgoing kid. I I'm a I'm a twin, so I was I spent a lot of time talking for my sister. You know, she was much shyer than I am, and um, I was just very outgoing, very excited about the world. And I wanted to write a book that showcased that time in my life. You know, I don't think that Sam is exactly me. I think she has a sort of like self assuredness and you know confidence that I had, but. She also is be- much better, I'd say, at asking for what she needs. Um, so the book was really just me trying to show kids that it's okay to want rest and that rest can be an adventure and that it can be fun. Because when I was younger, I just thought that I had to keep going and going and going and never show that I needed breaks or never show that I was tired or needed help. I thought that that made me weak somehow, even as a kid. And so I, I buried that and I wanted to show kids that it's okay to do those things. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to take a moment to sit down and rest your body and to have fun with your friends and let rest be a part of that. I love this so much because I'm, I'm actually going through this epiphany as a grown 40 year old adult. Um, and I think that, you know, <laughs> this is a message that we probably should learn earlier um, in our lives mm-hmm. so that we can implement it earlier in our lives so that we don't get so tired. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, like, I really wish I knew then what I know now. <laughs> oh, facts. So so tell us about Sam. Um, because, you know, obviously the message in this book and, and, and the things that you're talking about in terms of the importance of rest and taking time 
um, to take care of yourself, almost like the self care piece of it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's so incredibly important, but just like having fun is too. So tell us a little bit about Sam, you know, who is she and, and what's she doing in the book? Like what, what story, um, it unfolds in the picture book, uh, that I, I know parents are going to want to buy for their kids after listening to this. Yes. So Sam is the kind of girl that I wish I was friends with growing up. She, in the book, is going back to school shopping with her mom and her two best friends. And they spend the day at the mall, which I know kids don't really go to anymore, but I wanted her to. They spend the day at the mall and they, they're buying clothes that make them feel good and look good and they're excited about learning. And Sam is a very self-assured kid who has what she calls super seats. And these mm-hmm. seats are different seats in her life or that she comes across that make her feel comfortable and safe and excited. She has a living room couch named Misty after Misty Copeland because she's a dancer and that's her favorite dancer. And then she has the backseat of her mom's car, which is named Lainey, who tells a lot of really good jokes that makes her laugh because that's what she loves to do is make her friends laugh. And then we meet the bench at the mall, which is a super seat in training because it's not the most comfortable thing to sit on. And it's just a story about this girl who is really excited about the world. And she's excited to be at the mall with her mom and her friends and shopping for back to school clothes and talking about how she feels good and she'll look good and she feels smart. And she's so excited to learn about new places and people and things in these chairs that make her feel like she can be her best self. I love that so much because there's such an inherent joy <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in Sam and, and in her story of, of really just like trying to like live her best life. Like there's this line in the new Beyonce album that I'm sure that you've listened to. And if you haven't, oh, I you know, do it immediately. I mean, like, I think that we're all sort of like, there's like, she literally put some sort of witchcraft in the album. Cause like, no one can stop. I have listening not stopped to it. since. So, yes. I know it's, 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 it's really a problem. However, no, it's not a problem. It's a good thing. But, um, but, the, yes. but the point I'm, <laughs> I'm making is there's a line, um, in the song heated where she says liberated living like I ain't got time. And that line, I actually say it now in my head, <laughs> just like throughout Same. the day. All the time. Um, and I feel like Sam is doing that. Right. I mean, I feel like Absolutely. Sam is liberated living like she ain't got time, which means that you're just trying to enjoy your finite time on this planet. You're only going to be here once. You don't know how long. So you might as well, Love yourself while you're here because, like, you are who you are. You show up. You're here. Mm-hmm. Love yourself and have deep connections with your friends and rest. Take care of yourself. Love yourself with, yes. through the actions that you're taking, um, you know, in order to, to care for yourself. I mean, speak to this idea that the message that Sam is embodying in the book is one that we – grown adults maybe the parents even that that buy the book for their children they could they could utilize some of these messages too absolutely I mean for me it was really important that Sam supersedes be one of two things I wanted her one to be able to have 
the opportunity to talk about disability as a disabled person myself, I felt like it was really important to create a character so that people could understand that disability isn't a monolith, but also I just wanted her to have fun. And that was really imperative to me. I wanted her to realize that like, I wanted people to see that just because somebody is disabled, right? Doesn't mean that they don't have other things that they care about or other things that they enjoy, other things that make them happy, other things that make them feel you know, full and excited for the world. And I think oftentimes what happens is like, we, we are so, as children, we, we wonder about everything, you know, so many questions, everything's exciting, the world feels huge. And then we get older and life hardens us a bit, right? And so what we end up doing is like, we become a little cynical and we become a little afraid of being vulnerable and being excited about the world and, and wanting to see what it has to offer. Now me, Kia, I'm a very naturally excited person. Like <laughs> I get excited when my favorite book comes out or like the Beyonce album or anytime that I'm going to travel for work or see somebody that I care about, like I get excited. I don't let, you know, this fear of being goofy or like looking, you know, whatever way keep me from being excited and then it took me years to get that back because really who Sam is is like a version of like her excitement is the version of an excitement that I had at her age you know and then I lost mm -hmm. it for a while and now I'm just getting it back and trying to make it um you know mine again and so what I would tell adults and you know parents of kids reading this book is like find your excitement again find your joy, you know, it might not be going back to school, but it can be like, you know, going to brunch with your friends or hanging out with your uh, friends while your kids are on a play date or something of that nature. Like let your excitement, you know, pull you back into a memory or a place with people that you care about. And I think a lot of what Sam Supersedes is, you know, and, and it's very subtle, but I think a lot of what Sam Supersedes is, is like a celebration of being exactly who you are and also just being excited for what life can bring to you. I love that so much. I love it so much. Um, I mean, I, I, I almost am like at a loss for words because this is such a universal story and it's so beautiful um, that you that you wrote this book. But also one of the things that you said really struck me, which is that, you know, as somebody who is disabled, it's important for people who are who who do not live um, with any type of disability to see you happy. <laughs> yeah, we need to see that <laughs> us like it, it's not only that people who have, you know, the varying range of, of disabilities need to see this experience and see other people like them or, or who are similar, similarly situated to them happy. But we the rest, mm -hmm. the rest, the us, me, I'm putting myself in me. I need to see that because I need to know um, that no matter, you know, what circumstances any other person it is, is in, number one, they deserve happiness <laughs> just as much right. as I do. But two, um, you actually experience happiness in some cases yeah. more than people um, who probably wrongly assume that you don't. I mean, what what are some of the misconceptions? Because you start created a hashtag disabled and cute, which I love. Again, I think it is important for us um, to, I think it's really, really important for us to center um, people with disabilities and normalize. And, and I hate the word normal, but normalize the idea that 
you live happy lives and fulfilled lives. And I don't want anybody else ever again. Like if you ever do this, if you ever found yourself doing it, I'm not judging you, but don't ever do this again. Don't ever meet somebody who has a disability, what visible or otherwise. Maybe they're, you know, disclosing to you. Don't ever sort of like do the thing with your face where you you sort of feel sad. You're, you feel bad for them. You feel you, you feel sorry for them. Don't do that. The, I mean, you, that person is probably <laughs> happier than you. They their self care program is on point. What are you? I mean, you're anxious and depressed and mad and upset. I mean, the idea that we would judge without fully understanding this experience is is sort of insane to me. But that is why this representation is so important. I mean, speak to this idea of why it's so important for a hashtag like disabled and cute to exist. I mean, why did you make it? And who do you hope um, reads it? And what do you hope they take away? Because I feel like part of the mission there is or could be simply us, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm putting myself in this group, us, seeing that you y'all are happy. You're living happy right. lives. There's that, that that's a wrong <laughs> assumption. Right. And so I think I think for me with disabled and cute, it began as a celebration of myself, you know. Mm. I'd spent so much of my life being uncomfortable in my body, you know. By the time I hit the age 12, I was just like very much angry at the world. And, and I lost that wonder that Sam has. And I lost this excitement for the world because somebody made fun of me and it really stuck. You know, it was like that first time that somebody was like, you're different and that's wrong and you're broken and we don't like the way you look sort of thing like that stuck with me. And so by the time that Disabled and Cute happened, I was an adult and I was coming out of feeling like I was worthless because I was disabled or feeling like I had no value. And disabled and cute was a celebration of that. Me being like, hey, I like myself. You know, I like my body. I like the way it looks. Like I like the way I feel, you know, things were going really well. Mm -hmm. And I was like publishing in places that I um, dreamed that, like I, that I couldn't even possibly dream was possible. And I was, you know, writing articles and interviewing people who I admired and everything was just like on the up and up. So I was like, I want to celebrate. I can be both disabled and cute. Thus the hashtag was born. And I think what it ended up turning into was like a place for disabled people to have permission to love themselves and start their journey toward, you know, finding their self-worth and, and finding joy in their lives and joy within themselves. And it really became a community in a way that I did not expect, but I'm so grateful for because people still talk to me about the hashtag years later about how, you know, it made them feel seen and heard and excited for something for the first time in a long time. And I really hope that what people take from it is the idea that like disabled people are not a monolith, you know, mm -hmm. we are not just a single note you know, person who uses a wheelchair and hates themselves, like we often see in media, you know, that is our, that is so much our calling card in a way that is really frustrating for me as a person who is a creative and a writer and who wants to be, you know, in the film and TV space. And as a journalist as well, it's like whenever I write a story about somebody who is disabled or the subject of disability, I make it very clear that disability is not just what we see in our current media structure. And I want people to, to really, you know, look at the hashtag and look at the work that I do in general and really ask themselves why they still believe 
that disability is a death sentence. That disability means sadness and pain and just destruction. And I think the thing about disability is really that it's all things at once. You know, it's not like everything is good all the time or everything is bad all the time. It's just like the standard, you know, human experience. And I mm-hmm. and I wish for a world where we give people the space to be who they are instead of just assuming that they walk around the world waiting for you to ask them questions. Like I get questions in Walmarts and at post offices, people are offering to pray over me. And remember that like, I can be quote unquote healed. You know, people are so desperate to heal me in a way that I think is really frustrating because as a person who, you know, believes in a God and believes in that, it's frustrating that people look at me and assume that I need to be fixed. And and I wish that throughout all of my work, no matter what it is, that people let go of the idea that somebody who is disabled needs to be fixed because we're broken, because we're not broken. You know, we are the exact opposite. We're fully realized human beings with thoughts and emotions and feelings and hopes and dreams. And I just wish that non-disabled people would treat us with the respect that we deserve. I love that so much. I love it so much because... I think it's, oh God, I mean, I grew up in church and so I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, you're going to be healed. Mm -hmm. You're going to be healed. We need to fix you. And I'm like, go fix yourself. You know what I mean? I was in church and I, yeah, that's what I would say to the people. Go pray over yourself. Try to work on your personality. It could be better. You know, you could be nicer, less judgmental. You could be less snobby. You know, there's a lot of things that you can improve upon. Maybe you can target those prayers inward towards yourself. And pray to Jesus. Literally, um, I had a guy who <laughs> was my Uber driver, and he was like, I get in the car immediately. He's like, What happened to your leg? And I was like, Nothing. I have cerebral palsy. And he was like, Oh, well, um, it's good that you got out of the house. And I was like, Well, I only have one life. I'm going to live it. And he was like, Yeah, I guess. Immediately, zero stars. Immediately, the, I was like, Immediately, this no. Was so, immediately no. That, right? immediately That's a, no. That, that sound on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> immediately no immediately no (laughs) and people just feel it's 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 wild to me that people feel so comfortable saying things like that to me Mm -hmm. you know and and to so many disabled people and I just wish that people would really think before they speak and ask themselves why they're putting that you know reality like they're rather projecting that reality onto somebody else they don't even know listen y'all just keep your thoughts to yourself. I mean, that rule we learned in kindergarten you. where they were like, if you don't have anything nice to say, you should keep your thought in your brain. Just keep it right inside. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to hear it. We don't need to hear it. We don't want to know what your thoughts are. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of people here. If you kept your thoughts in your head more, you probably would have more friends. I know that's true for me. I probably have more right. friends if I wasn't as outspoken as I am. But I try, I mean, I, I generally am not, my thoughts are not mean. My thoughts are like never mean. That's like one weird thing, not weird, but I, that's one thing about me. Like I'm not really ever thinking anything mean, um, but mm-hmm. I definitely like, I'm always sharing my thoughts. And so, you know, as somebody who shares their thoughts, I'm telling you, you know, there are consequences. Just, just keep it to yourself. It particularly now that you've heard this conversation that we've just had um, about Sam's super seats, um, you know, listen to yourself when you're talking to people don't don't come across somebody who is on the disability spectrum and you know frown your face or judge them or 
Um, ask them stupid questions. Just keep it, keep it, save it in your head. Um, and then you'll get a better Uber rating. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. Um, then you'll get those five stars. <laughs> you'll get the five stars. Kia Brown, author, Sam's Super Seats, and creator of the hashtag Disabled and Cute. It has been wonderful to have you here. Such an important book important for representation for black representation and self-love and i'm so grateful that you created this book and put it out in the world thank you so much for being here and please stay safe thank you so much for having me and, and just to remind people there's something in sam super seats for everyone so whether for you're everyone. disabled or not please pick it up and enjoy thank it you. with your children yes all parents out there that message is for you Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlinette. Check in for new episodes every weekday.